Hello, hello, and welcome to the Vagabond Way podcast. The journey goes ever on with The Long Road. This episode, Waiting on a Storm. The latest release from The Long Road's new EP is out now. We share with you Waiting on a Storm from Out of the Darkness. Also, join The Long Road for the second part of our chat, reminiscing about remarkable scenarios we've found ourselves in during our musical activities. Uh, And Kev takes us to a triple threat in Leeds, a record shop, cafe and venue all in one. The Vagabond Way podcast featuring The Long Road is exploring the world of the troubadour, the adventurer, the vagabond. The world isn't beige, it isn't processed, it's authentic, it's rich and it's real. If those are the sorts of sentiments that make your brain light up, then hop on board. We are embracing all of those things, we're celebrating all of that, and we'd love it if you joined us on the journey. Greetings, I am Chris the Bish Leiden. It's great to have you with us for another slice of the long road life. Uh, Out of the Darkness, our latest EP release is out now. Uh, and big thanks to everyone who has been supporting the release, listening on Spotify, watching on YouTube, you know the radio plays. Thank you, thank you. Um, a little later, I'll play you the uh, the one song from it you haven't heard yet. Um, it's called Waiting on a Storm. But before that, a couple of reminders. Uh, today is Bandcamp Friday which means all purchases of anything on Bandcamp uh, between midnight and midnight, Pacific time, um, all that revenue goes directly to the artists. So if you wanted to get some new music in your life, today would be a good day to do it. Uh, If you want to double-check that it's Bandcamp Friday in your time zone, go to isitbandcampfriday.com and it will tell you. Um, In the UK, it's from 8am on Friday today until 8am on Saturday, you know, due to the time zone difference. Um... Bandcamp is, we believe, a good part of the music industry ecosystem. Uh, And while we'd love it if some of you decided to support us on Bandcamp Friday, you know, we're thevagabondway.bandcamp.com. All our stuff is on there to buy. Um, Just head to Bandcamp today, uh, you know, and look for some new stuff and help contribute to a better, fairer ecosystem uh, in the music industry. Bandcamp, ordinarily, on a normal day, only takes 15% of the revenue from sales to make the platform run. You know, on Bandcamp Friday, it's 0%. Um, the, the rest of the money goes direct to the artists and the creators directly. This is a, it's a way better deal than Spotify or Apple Music or, or any of those other places, really. Um, you know, we've all got choices to make about how we want the world to be after the societal excesses of the late part of the 20th century and the start of the 21st. Um, We need to make choices about the world, environmentally, societally, uh, politically. Um, You know, this is just one small area you can start to make changes. Um, The chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, you love music. Um, You know, we love making it, um, as do all the artists who put the stuff out there. That's why they put it out there. But the artists can only keep doing it if people support the ecosystem. Purchasing and streaming through Bandcamp can be part of making a a better, fairer musical world for everyone. I'm going to step down from my little soapbox now. Thanks for listening. Uh, Another quick reminder, this coming Tuesday, uh, the next episode of the Transatlantic Connection show is out. Keep an eye on our YouTube channel for that, youtube.com slash thevagabondway. So for today's main chat between The Long Road, Steve Bonham, Kev Moore and me, we dive right in. Um, You're stepping into the flowing rivers of The Long Road at this point. Uh, It's part two of a chat that we started uh, a few weeks ago now. If you remember, we did some reminiscing about remarkable gigs, sort of funny scenarios we found ourselves in in various fashions. Steve and I talked a little bit about the uh, madness of our Dublin Castle gig several years ago, a hot, sweaty room, the... um, 
the thrash punk band, two thirds of whom were completely drunk before they'd done their afternoon sound check. Um, the discovery of a, a small slick of vomit down my keyboard by the end of the evening, source unknown. Um, and then to cap it all off, uh, a £400 taxi ride home. Uh, it was one of those unforgettable days. Um, so now we dive right in with some more memories from Kev uh, and his time playing in mental hospitals as a youngster. Here we go. <laughs> has been peppered with uh, occasional brushes with uh, ment- mental institutions and entertainment. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, this is due to the fact that, as you noted, we, we grew up in a village where we had a mental hospital. And, uh, and yeah. I actually cut my teeth, thanks to our mate, Paul Bunting, uh, playing yeah. gigs for the patients in these places. So it kind of prepares you for anything, you know. Um, yeah, it does. Uh, yeah. I remember playing Little Willie by the suite on the drums as a kid there and and a, and a sort of semi-blind guy smashing my cymbals with his white stick <laughs> with gay abandon you know and he, very happy he was to do it too and then I kind of had a flashback of that many years later when I went pro and we were doing a show in Copenhagen with my first pro band Apollo and it was uh, a place called the Levuk Centre it was a, a place home for, for people with mental problems um, and it was absolutely bonkers as you'd expect we, had, we, I mean, they loved it. We had a great time. But there was a woman there, and I don't know what her particular mental illness was, but it manifested itself. She was dressed as a Scottish dragoon guard. Oh wow! Right, and uh, and so she would be like be dancing with us and that, and and she she had a twin obsession with Scottish dragoon guards and Ringo Starr. So I'm playing and 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 I'm trying to concentrate on performing. Lovely, lovely lady, bless her. And, and, and she'd be thrusting photos of Scottish Dragoon Guards in my face and Ringo. Oh, <laughs> so this was like... And, and of course, no, nothing in your professional career can really prepare you for, for those sort of gigs, you know. But I'll tell you what, I've played for mentally sound people who don't know how to enjoy themselves. <laughs> These people had a, had a whale of a time. And actually, that story reminds me of when I was, when I was younger. Um, went on tour to the Netherlands with our... Um, County Youth Wind Band, um, mm. quite a, quite a, quite a good wind band really. Um, went on tour to Netherlands to a festival at a place called Permarent, I think it was Permarent. Mm-hmm. I think it was called the Permarada Festival, um, uh, and various performances all around the all around the the town, the city. Um, but I remember that this was one of the sort of first occasions that I'd come up, I'd sort of bumped up against this particular mm-hmm. um, activity, uh, and it'd been t- tradition. So this, the the band had been going to this place for years, and it was tradition that they'd always go and visit this hospital. Um, uh, and as far as I can remember, it was mostly older people, um, but I think it was a mix of care home for old people and um, people with mental illnesses. And they told us a bit about it before we went so that we sort of knew what to expect. You know, they were saying people won't be sat in rows listening to us at a, at a normal concert. They'll be, um, you know, they'll be up and about perhaps or they'll be joining in singing or shouting or banging their sticks or whatever. Um, so they sort of, they, they geared us up for it. Uh, and there was this one chap and it was like, if, you, if you'd if ask somebody to draw a cartoon of an old man, he was, he was sort of hunched over, he had a wooden walking stick with a curved handle uh, and he had these 
glasses on that were, you know, milk bottle bottom thick. They were like really thick glasses. And we were playing um, John Philip Sousa's The Stars and Stripes March. And this guy got up and tottered over to us. And, we, and we, nobody was phased by it because we'd all been told that people would be up and around. Staff, staff were fine with it. And he slowly walked his way over to the, the trombone section. You know, th- at the end, I don't know if you know the march, but at the end, the trombones have this counter melody. And they play that whilst the rest of the band is playing other tunes and going hell for leather. The trombones were tanking it. And this guy walked up to the trombone section and you know, hunched over and put his head literally right in front of their bell. And the smile on his face <laughs> got closer. And clearly he wow. was really deaf. And he could he could start to feel the music, uh, and the the smile on his face. We all you know we all remember that smile, uh, and it's, it's you know one of the amazing um, things about performing music live is that people like people like him who obviously um, you know couldn't see very well, couldn't hear very well, couldn't move very well, but he was still able to yeah. interact <laughs> with us playing that music for him. It was incredible. Awesome. Oh, that's a great story. That's music, though, isn't it? That's music, man. As a an impressionable whatever I was, fourteen, fifteen or at that point, it made a you know, it made a mark on me and I remember it, you know, twenty years on. Um amazing really. But what about you, Steve? What about your memorable gigs or ridiculous situations you found yourself in? My little stories, which you might edit in or out, uh, are much more simple. I suppose in my uh, early days with my mate Tim, we, we worked out that the idea if we're gonna be any good we had to play a lot. And therefore we would not turn any gig down if there was money involved we created this set of everything everything was up tempo everything was sing along we had an agent he 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 took us at our word because some of our gigs were I, i'm lucky to be here with you today quite frankly <laughs> um, we played um one was a, a lot of the work working men's clubs and uh you know those sorts of places we played at a fire station where, you know, had the old pole down the middle. And, you know, I joked as we went in, wouldn't it be funny if the alarm went? And it was Saturday night social club, Saturday night, the bell went, and half, half the audience disappeared. I mean, no. really quickly too, bless them. I mean, that was... <laughs> well, that was their excuse anyway. I think somebody pressed the bell. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> they were all down the pub next door after that. Um, <laughs> we played a gig in a hospital that was funded by a, a drug company... And halfway through, I, I talked to the organiser and said, uh, you know, that was one of these sort of jollies for doctors and nurses and things. And I said, well, what is this drug for? <laughs> and they said, it's for people who have lost the ability to <laughs> so, uh So I said, was this music selected on that basis? Or... <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then the third one, which was just awful, was uh, we got to this. It was, it was a Royal Navy club uh, out in an old mining town. And when we got there, the, the guy who ran it had been in the, in the guards. He was six foot two and he was just total muscle, you know. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, he said, it can get a bit lively in here. Mm. <laughs> so he gave us two microphone stands. If anyone rushes the stage, hit them very hard with this and they'll go away. <laughs> <laughs> And then he said, um, don't worry, he says, I, I can sort anybody out. And we were, we were midway playing, what was it we were playing? Uh, something like whiskey in the jar or something. Anyway, the men's toilets were down a corridor, but they were actually next to the stage. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the song, we could hear there's this thumping noise and groans. And, uh, I, I, and then there was a big bang. 
Anyway, we, we, we finished for a break, and he says, I'm sorry I interrupted your song. He said, I was smashing someone's head against the wall. He was trying to rip the hand dryer off. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Since then, I have to say, very little perturbs we were playing. <laughs> <laughs> There we are. One day when we can do gigs again, we look forward to the the wondrous and varied things with a capital T that the universe can present to us in the execution of our performing duties. Thinking now on our recent uh, EP release, it's time to play you the the fourth and final song from this release. Over the last couple of months, you've heard you've heard all of them on here. Um, the previous releases were on a bridge across the river with Kev's glorious hollering and the evocation of a, of a city's history whilst being there in the present and the, the two times meeting in the in the writer's mind um if there's a god out here uh, a shout into the darkness at the craziness of it all uh, and the the desperate actions caused by desperate lives uh, in a part of the world blighted by addiction um and last week we played do you our secular prayer wishing you a peaceful and fulfilled life despite the troubles that may be presented, which has been getting some great reactions this week. Um, and it's perhaps a sort of different side to the long road yet again, uh, but it's all coming from a, a similar place. So do check out all those music videos on YouTube as well. Um, this week, the final track is called Waiting on a Storm. Um, living your life knowing eventually things will catch up with you. Uh, with a, a shuffling little groove, this song is about illicit love and the hound dogs on a man's trail. So here we go, Waiting on a Storm from Steve Bottom and The Long Road. There's a humming on the wires, a whispers on the wind. Remember me and Mary, first time we sinned. Oh my those times were good We were going away It was understood All my life I've been waiting on a storm 
of new songs uh, in a variety of stages from very recently birthed to um, has been around for a few weeks or potential songs in the mix for recording in our next recording session which actually is happening very soon now um, so we've started to make some decisions uh, and we're starting to get them into match shape for recording um, quite a different process actually this time round to previous times um, as with covid um we can't be in a room much together but we are we're making it work um so this week steve takes us through one more song over to steve and so we come to the uh, the last song in the mix the songs that we are looking to choose from to record uh in in november this last one is um down here at the crossroads and well actually it's a bit of a con really because this isn't a choice, we are going to do it. This is the song that is the cornerstone of of the next project that we're undertaking. And one that we're all extremely excited about. Not only we all love being in the studio, and, and I'm so looking forward to me, the Bishop and Big Kev, heading down to Oxfordshire and Woodworm Studios in, in a couple of weeks, gosh, only a couple of weeks, um, to work again. It's just a fantastic experience for all of us. And, and it's why we do what we do. I think this is one of the places we find out. As well as the excitement of that is the, is the fact that our work is really starting to be recognised for the things we want it to be recognised for, for being about pushing at the boundaries, about experimenting, about reimagining things. And, and we're so chuffed and pleased that the arts council is is sponsoring us to do this next uh next piece of work um it takes an enormous amount of pressure off us uh and it's in a in dark times this is this definitely is a little flicker of light that says yeah i think this is worth doing this this music game this music journey and uh down here at the crossroads it is almost the key, as I said, the cornerstone and the keystone for for the work going forward. And, you know, in it, we're, we are definitely going even deeper into the trail, uh, the adventure or the quest, if you like, for the spirit of America and, and, and using these, the tools of the artisan spirit of craft and inspiration, authenticity, and this love of working with, with simple ingredients. As three guys, we really are obsessed with the myth of America. And uh, I've been thinking why. And I think it's America is, is, is a land beyond kings and bishops and, and barons. It's a giant experiment in what ordinary folk can do. And um, it's an experiment in the possibility of us common folk a possibility an experiment which can sometimes be for seemingly senseless and mind-numbing cruelty and stupidity and other times some of the most marvelous sacrifice and invention and liberation of what it is to be us the myth of america is of a state unfiltered a way of being where we can be seen at our lowest 
and our highest. And when you explore America, you explore yourself. In the end, too, making music in this way is capturing the idea of the journey of life as a series of choices, a never-ending road in which you get to the crossroads and you make a choice. You know, with Kev having just finished the Camino Trail, it, it really brings that to mind, you know. The choice to go, the choice to keep going, the choice to go high or low, the choice to go a little more that day or realise the weather is against you and stop. America is the land of choices. And it was in that spirit, I think, that the idea of down here at the crossroads came. In it, I imagine the devil talking to the ordinary man. And for the devil, you can put any person you like in. I'm not mentoring the fact that uh, there's a quite important uh, election. But when the devil talks to us, he talks to our lowest and highest self at the same time and gives us a choice. And so I wrote the lyric um, about that idea and had no musical uh, content for it. So I, I did what I do these days. I, I sent it off to Big Kev and he's gone deep and he's created a really fantastic melodic musical structure to carry these words and, uh, and then last week, as Chris and I sat down, Kev out on a trail, we, we unpicked what he was doing to find out the, the way we can all get on board with it. So here it is, the first listening. This is very much uh, Kev in all respects. It does the instrumentation. So you'll never really hear this like this this time. Please enjoy. Thank you. 
the crossroads of bourbons in my hand. Got no time for friends and lovers, I wanna join the band. Welcome once again to Kev's Cafe Corner. Join me in my virtual cafe where once again I will tell you a story about one of my visits to a record shop. Now, I think we were in Boston last week, but this week we're going to Leeds. And this is a shop that I visited probably a couple of years ago now. And very sadly, it has met its demise and is no longer with us, which is very sad for a number of reasons, because this particular record shop was also a cafe and a small downstairs basement venue. Pretty much a one-stop shop for everything I love in life. Um, And it's very sad that it's disappeared. It was called Single Shot, and um, it's very sad that it's no longer with us. However, 
I visited there with my daughter uh, a couple of years ago and I'd been after a particular song for a long, long time. It was one of my favourites back in 74 by a pretty obscure band, to my ears anyway, called the Ozark Mountain Daredevils. And they had a single which became a, a kind of a, at least a radio hit in the UK in 74 called Jackie Blue, an absolutely brilliant pop song. And it came from an album called It'll Shine When It Shines, which the album itself is very, very different to, to that track, I would say. It's um, a lot more sort of mountain music kind of style, which is something I've grown to enjoy much more as I've got older. But I never did get the single. Now, here's a bit of background to the song. The band were recording their second album, uh, towards the end of 1973, I think, and they had this idea for a song. And it came from one of the guys in the band who had met this guy who was a drug dealer stroke bartender called Jackie Blue. And he remarked that he never saw him in the daytime. He was a bit of a nighttime guy for obvious reasons. And he sort of came up with the tune and the idea and it was always in the in the male perspective of this person. And they kind of put the idea roughly down. And it was Glyn Johns, the producer, who had worked on the Get Back sessions for for the Beatles. He'd worked on the Zeppelin stuff. He'd worked on Who's Next, you know, an incredible producer and mixer. And he picked up on this track. He said, you've got to use this track because it's highly commercial. Now, the Ozarks drummer, Larry Lee, played the basic demo to Johns uh, with the male-centric vocal. And it was Johns who said, no, 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 mate, it's got to be about a girl. So he ordered them out of the studio to basically regender the lyrics. And within about 30 minutes, it had changed from a drugged-out guy to uh, a reclusive girl. The band themselves, of course, realised that they had a radio hit on their hands, really, and, and went with it. And that's probably one of the early examples of a band becoming known for a song that wasn't really representative of what they did. Um, later examples of that would be the likes of Extreme, where Frightened Housewives bought the Pornography album expecting to hear an album full of more than words and got a lot more than they bargained for. So, back to the shop. And as I was browsing the shelves, which are actually situated within the cafe, I came across the album It'll Shine When It Shines with, with Jackie Blue on, a really pristine second-hand copy of the vinyl. And, of course, I had to buy it along with my latte and brownie. So that was a shop that, as I said before, it's, it's now no longer there, but it connected me with my youth as many of these places do. I think I mentioned before on another broadcast the, the importance that these places have in connecting us with our youth and in permeating and sustaining our memories of perhaps better times or at least times remembered that are special. And I really wouldn't like to see these places disappear because they are treasure troves of our lifetimes, really, you know, the music that shaped us, inspired us and accompanied us through our trials and tribulations. And um, I'll always remember that place for the fact that I found that song again 
and uh, put it into my collection finally. And I hope that uh, the people that felt inspired to open it and run it can gather their strength and maybe do another one sometime because we need people that open these places and give us the opportunity to browse the treasures within. Until next time, take care, everybody. For whatever reason, uh, I slipped out of the habit of always having some sort of staple bread product on hand. Um, When you need a a quick meal, you know, a speedy breakfast, uh, a slice or two of bread can take you all sorts of places, really. Um, But being the slightly weird week it's been, I suppose, you know, choosing to stay up slash being woken up for various bits of US election news... Uh, combined with a looming deadline for several funding applications we were trying to finalise, and the looming threat of the new lockdown here in the UK, um, I accidentally didn't have any bread on the go. Um, All the bread products I had were all well and truly frozen in the freezer. Uh, And I never quite got to that point of thinking ahead, going, okay, yes, I'll defrost that for this meal tomorrow or whatever. Um, And I genuinely think both scenarios fed into the other. Having a weird week led to a weird baking meal planning schedule. Uh, And consequently, having a weird meal planning slash baking schedule has fed into a weird week. Uh, Now, yesterday, I managed to sort of get a handle on things, managed to think in the morning, right, get a loaf of bread on, so by the time it gets to tonight, you've got some bread for a sausage sandwich, um, as those sausages in the fridge went out of date yesterday and needed eating. Um, And hey, presto, the whole day went better. A by the act of baking slash creating, but B, knowing that I was contributing to a plan. A plan that will get me from A to B, in a very basic way, but it definitely helps. I think in these trying times, sometimes we need to get back to basics and come up with a a how-to-get-from-A-to-B plan. You know, governments have a responsibility to help when it's a pandemic-causing strife. Fundamentally, people get from A to B. You know, the most common pressure is finance, money. Um, but on a small personal scale, just having the, the little A to B plan, it just helped keep the rest of my day much more on track. Not that I ever did, but it's a useful reminder anyway. Never underestimate the power of a good bake. Have you got your next bake planned? <laughs> That's it for this week. Thanks for listening wherever in the world you are. Subscribe to the podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts. The next episode will be out next Friday. Join us on YouTube for the Transatlantic Connection show and become part of the Transatlantic Connection movement. Head to youtube.com slash The Vagabond Way. You can find us on Facebook, search for The Vagabond Way or Steve on the Long Road. All of our music is on Bandcamp, where you can help support a positive ecosystem for the music industry. Download, streaming, vinyl, CDs, it's all there, thevagabondway.bandcamp.com. You can hear our music on Spotify and Apple Music. Go and have a listen, give us a follow. If you like what you hear, share it with your pals who might like it as well. We're on Patreon at patreon.com slash thevagabondway. Big thank you to our Patreons and a special shout-out to... 
Orloff Lynn, James Lydon, Stuart Lydon, Yvette Lydon, and Trish Taylor. Thank you for your ongoing support. Patreon is a great platform that makes it super easy for anyone out there, you, to support content that you love on a monthly basis. It gives you direct access to the people creating the stuff you love, us, hopefully, and you get to play an integral part in shaping the direction of the things that we make. So, become a vagabonder. That's our name for our supporters on Patreon. To help us create music, live performances, books and short stories, this weekly podcast, our YouTube show, and some new things that we're cooking up. As a vagabonder, you can get the recordings and books we make for free, receive exclusive Patreon-only merchandise in the post, get regular behind-the-scenes updates from us, unlock access to exclusive livestream performances and Q&As, and lots more. You can help us create something different, something that entertains, and something that inspires others. So, join us on the journey and release The Vagabond Within. Patreon.com slash The Vagabond Way. Thank you once again, brave adventurers, vagabonds, and explorers, for joining us on The Vagabond Way. Remember, the world isn't beige, it's authentic, it's rich, and it's real. Embrace every last bit of it. Until next time, the journey goes ever on with The Long Road. Bye for now. (laughs) 